0: Hey friends, welcome back to beamvoice Voice. Today I have the pleasure to talk to Vukas Paij. I am really thrilled about this talk because I really want to learn more smart ways to use Blender Vim. And that's exactly what he is going to show me today. Hi, Vukas, how are you doing?
1: Hey, bitch, really good, man. Really good. Thanks for having me on.
0: I was very, very excited uh, about this for a long time. I'm really looking forward to learn these new tricks from you, man. So uh, thank you very much for joining me. No problem. Before, <laughs> before we go and uh, jump in, tell us a few words about you. Who are you? Where do you live? What do you do? And so on.
1: <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll try and keep it short. But yeah, my name is Vukas Paich. You pronounced it really almost, almost perfectly. I grew up in Melbourne, in Australia. Yeah, but the name comes from from Serbia, so my parents are are Serbian. I grew up in Melbourne, studied at the University of Melbourne. I finished engineering degree there, worked in Australia for about five or six years, I think. Then I worked in New Zealand for two years. I was then a freelancer for a couple of years after that. Worked in Germany for a couple of years, actually three or four, I think. And now (laughs) I'm living in Vienna, so, you know, just a typical story.
0: Quite a journey. Do you have a family? Or you move around only yourself by yourself?
1: I did. I, I mean, I, I used to move around a lot uh, because I didn't have, you know, any immediate family. But you know, now I'm, I'm married and I have a, a beautiful little daughter. Uh, her name's Lara, and uh, yeah.
0: Congratulations! Uh,
1: thank you very much.
0: So, are you settling in Vienna in Austria? Is your wife from Austria or? No, my
1: wife's uh, my wife's Serbian as well we started living together actually in in, in Germany and then you know we moved to, to Austria and yeah we're both living in, in Vienna and the plan is stay here for a long term you know I'm kind of I'm sick of moving all the time. That's behind me, that's
0: in my 20s. Makes sense to put some roots uh, somewhere. But that's a bit interesting, leaving the sunny Australia for Grumpy Europe, and especially <laughs> <laughs> mountain and the cold winter side and so on. <laughs>
1: yeah, It's funny, you know, all my colleagues here, they ask me, why the hell are you here? You know, they all want to go to <laughs> Australia. But... I try and explain to them that people in Australia or, you know, at least in Melbourne, you know, there's a big European community and everyone's kind of always thinking about Europe as as the promised land. Oh, no. Really? (laughs) Yeah, really. And after, you know, 25 years or so, I thought, you know what, it's time to try something new. You know, I've I've spent my whole life in Australia. Let's try Europe. So Mm -hmm. here I am. and, And I like it to come here
0: to stay sorry for asking so many personal questions
1: uh, we digress, 100%. but it
0: was really interesting to find out about that i knew i know a bit a few other people but not many of them who moved to europe from Australia but mostly i know a lot of people going from here to Australia so yeah yeah i
1: imagine yeah I, i'm sure maybe one day i'll, I'll go back but for now yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah okay but now career-wise what are you doing uh, what is your education mm-hmm. and what is your job what what do you do
1: <laughs> uh, I do a little bit of everything. I started as a as a structural engineer. That was basically my first year. and I worked as a structural engineer for I think almost seven years actually, for various companies, and then as a freelancer. And then at some point, I thought, you know what, I want to try something else. So I did some project management, and then eventually got into BIM. And here I am in Vienna. I'll fast forward a little bit and. You know, if I could best describe my role, it's kind of like, you know, a BIM process expert and I work for a company that really focuses on construction, but also design engineering as well. So I do a little bit of app development and I'm kind of in this shift in my career where I'm now focusing on, on coding a lot.
0: BIM process leader or how you say, like that's BIM manager. Different, uh, like a, a bit more focused on uh, on something, but there is no like the same job description for a, any BIM no, manager exactly. job or BIM coordinator, right? So that's cool, but uh, I did not really understand, is this a constructor, a cons- uh, like a general contractor company or a software company or?
1: No, so originally, I mean, I have no problem saying, it's, it's a company called Poor, it's one of the largest construction companies. Oh, in, Poor, in, in okay, West... okay, yeah, I, I know, but... I know Poor, okay. But I actually work for for a subset of, of poor, so it's actually uh, called Paul Design Engineering. And so we do, yeah, like I said, design engineering, BIM management, we support yeah. clients, and we also do in, in-house, you know, software development. So it's really, really cool gig.
0: Yeah, that sounds very good. And what are you using? Are you using Python or uh, JavaScript, you use more uh, languages or what do you do?
1: The team is using, uh, you know, a lot of languages, you know, I'm, I'm not exactly an experienced developer, so I'd probably be the worst person to ask what technology stacks were you using? Using them. But me personally, I'm using it obviously because of Open Shell, a lot of Python, you know, JavaScript for creating websites and that sort of stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Okay, that's interesting. Okay, cool. Enough chattering. Let's <laughs> go to action. Show me some cool stuff, man.
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, let me share my screen. Maybe I just wanted to say, you know, one of the reasons why you know, I got into to Blender BIM to start with is you know, I'll show some of the things I use here, but there's so many softwares that are being used in the market, you know, that are Quite bad <laughs> at working with IFC, and this is actually initially what kind of got me started with with, with Blender BIM and, and open source software in general.
0: Actually, you joined the OSR community and you discovered uh, Blender BIM quite recently, right? Because I did not see you for a long time in the community in the chat.
1: You know, I I started. I went to OSR because you know I was really frustrated with some of the software, like I said, that I was using, and and you know it's not always just Revit. <laughs> People don't yeah. like to hate, hate Revit, but there's other software, especially the construction process, a world where, you know, there's, you know, premium software that has the polish and the documentation of, of, you know, early uh, open source projects. Yeah. Um, And then you go to a place like OzArch where you can really, really meet some cool people. You can learn how to code and you can learn IFC on a level that you probably can't do anywhere else. So it's it's a really special place. Uh... Yeah,
0: I agree. There are some special people, starting with Dion, Thomas, Duncan, and uh, more, contributing a lot. And uh, yeah, it's a very very nice place to meet these guys. And yeah, let's hope that uh, this community will manage to have a bigger impact in the bigger uh, picture of the AEC at some yeah, point. Yeah, I, I absolutely
1: agree. I absolutely agree. Okay, so we're in Blender BIM. Blender, uh, you can see my screen, right? Yes, yes. Okay, so let's open up just a project. So this is just, uh, I can't use any uh, actual projects. I'm just using uh, a sample IFC file here. And essentially what I want to show is, is what's relevant to, to someone like me. You know, people think about BIM and they generally focus on, let's say the CAD software or the, d- the design stage. But, you know, and, and as important as it is, you know, there's a lot of stuff we, we can do with all that interesting data after a model's been created, you know, we're talking about tendering, yeah. talking about planning a construction site, purchasing materials, organizing logistics, you know, creating schedules, really detailed cost estimations, optimization stuff like it's so cool. And it's a shame not to use all that data. So mm-hmm. my use case for Blender BIM is, you know, receiving models that we haven't modeled internally. Okay, so this would be a scenario where, you know, I'll have a look at a model and the geometry looks actually pretty good, right? So it's something that I can probably start with, right? Mm-hmm. But the parameters are either shit, <laughs> they're missing, or you know, they're they're just all over the place, you know, as as you often know, you know, is the case. Yeah. So uh, I open up Blend
0: yeah. Just one Quick, uh, small question: Are you using uh, also other tools to verify this? Are you using Solibri or something similar? Actually, not anymore. <laughs> um, but you you used it before. You have yeah, experienced I, using it.
1: Yes, yeah, so I've used all the usual subs- suspects, you know, like Navisworks, Solibri, the site. I mean, there's all these uh, other softwares. And I'm not an open source absolutist. You know, I- I'm not someone who's going to say oh, I'm only going to use open source software. I just use whatever makes my life easier. And the fact that I'm using Blender BIM is because it makes my life easier and some things are just better here. And and because it's open source, I can make sure that what it's telling me it's doing is really what it's doing, you know? And the native
0: IFC, that's the most important thing. It's the only
1: tool that you will find actually. (laughs) Exactly, yeah, it's fantastic. But there's other software, open source software that I use as well. So I don't know if you know of a software called uh, XBIM Explorer.
0: No i don't uh, i did not hear about
1: it. Uh, maybe i'll uh, quickly show you what that looks like
0: what do you it's use also, that for
1: so the thing i like using xpem explorer for it's it's really like a it's a bare bones desktop viewer but it has a really nice and quick validate feature so uh-huh. if you just import an ifc file into xpem explorer you click on validate and it quickly shows you a summary of any errors if they, if they exist in the model and, and typically you know it's whether the syntax is correct in the IFC file, whether the geometry uh, has any issues mm-hmm. um, and it's really quick and it's just kind of really nice, gives a report and this gives me a quick idea of whether the model I'm working with is is usable or whether it's kind of shit you know I, I need interesting.
0: To... yeah yeah, I but don't see it. You... Uh, are you, did you take it up to show it to me or? I don't see uh, it in the your uh, screen. You don't see it? Uh, no. okay. Sorry Maybe then. you are uh, showing me the other screen or something like that if you have yeah. more screens. So
1: this is XPM Explorer, just Google XPM Explorer, it's open source. Um free
0: open source or you need yeah, to buy yeah, it?
1: No no no, it's absolutely free.
0: Absolutely and is free. it is it updated today or it's a old software that nobody is using anymore?
1: No, it is. I mean, if you you open up the the GitHub page, you'll notice that, you know, the issues are recent and also the the updates are recent, you know, so they had a commit as recently as September 5, you know. Um,
0: Okay, that's interesting. That's interesting. But uh, I guess you can do the same stuff with Blender Beam as well.
1: Yeah, exactly. So the, re- I mean, the reason why I'm saying this is because, and, and I think Dion has said this a couple of times as well, is, you know, open source is kind of this big, beautiful thing. And you you, you shouldn't just be using Blender BIM, you should be mm-hmm. using everything you can, you know, whatever makes your life easier. And as I yeah. said, in my workflow, I use some paid software and I use some open source software and all that, you know, my, my only criteria is that it works, that I, that I can trust it, you know, and that it brings me value. If an open source product is free, if it doesn't bring me any value then i'm not going to use it simple as that you know but as you said uh what i just showed you in xpx explorer you can actually do it with blender bim as well the only reason why i don't do it is is only ju- just because I'm used to XBIM Explorer, honestly. Um, and I could probably do it here, and I'll, I'll even show you how you could do it uh, in Blender BIM a little bit later if you want. After validating it in XBIM Explorer or, or Blender BIM and there are no crazy issues, then what I usually like to do is first, you know, just have an overall look at the model. You know? Basically, I'll, I'll literally sit there and I'll, I'll play around with the model and I'll start filtering it. So one thing I'll also do is look at the the, the project browser or the, the outliner here. I'm not going to go into too much detail here. People should look at uh, the video with you and Dion, where he talks about types and, and exploring the structure here. But I'll look at I'll do the same thing as him. I'll I'll, I'll check it, the types and I'll make sure that the types. Don't look ridiculous as he mentioned often you get from a revit export you know hundreds of types that are literally just copies of one another and one thing i quickly look here is I'll look at how the stories are set up you know uh, one thing that's also a common issue is you get stories that are duplicated or are, are you have multiple stories that are offset by say the finished floor level or the, the raw uh, floor level and this is a mistake you know you should have clear stories defined. Mm-hmm. but then but yeah,
0: I, I have a question regarding types what do you do if you get uh, as you said uh, a lot of uh, duplicates? What do you mm-hmm. do in that case? Just provide feedback to somebody to fix it or you fix it in Blender BIM?
1: So it depends on what kind of relationship I have uh, with the architect or the engineer and what kind of contractual relationship I have, you know. So if it's a well-defined project then, you know, the original CAD user will be liable for for fixing any issues or these kinds of issues will have been documented in the BIM execution plan but often this isn't the case unfortunately in the industry <laughs> but even so sometimes I'll, I'll give you know an architect a quick call and ask them whether you know they're happy you know with, with their export and whether maybe they might not want to try and fix it sometimes they they do really they sometimes they do sometimes they don't have enough time or they probably just don't want to but i think you know Dion also showed you you have in Quality control here, and I see patch. I believe there's a recipe for merge duplicate types by tag. So I think this is something that he showed in the last video that you had with him, and this will kind of try and, and have a look at the types and merge ones that that are actually the same. So that's mm-hmm. one thing you could do. Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, uh, but now a tricky question, right? Because I asked you already this in the chat in OSR. How do you make this sustainable? Because if you need, like, every time when the architect is issuing a new revision of the model, mm-hmm. if he makes a, makes any changes, how do you make this sustainable so you don't need to fix this every time when you get a new export? Is there any way to do it?
1: Yeah, that's that's actually a really really good question. Uh, what I'll say is that usually, you know, um, for, if we look at the construction uh, phase, you know, uh, this isn't that big of an issue because the frequency of the, your model updates isn't isn't that fast. However. Everything you see here, um, all the functionality that you see here is based on IFC OpenShell, right? So everything that's happening with the model is, is happening through IFC OpenShell. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing stopping you running IFC OpenShell and automating all these processes if you know what you're doing. Uh, what I mean is that I think, you know, maybe Thomas or, and, and Dion mentioned this also as well, you know, you could easily run IFC OpenShell on a server and automate a lot of these tasks. You know, especially, you know, if you do something once, you could kind of develop your own recipe, I guess, for working with a certain architect or with a certain model and then try and reapply these things. So one example is, you know, the patches, you see this patch inside the Blender BIM UI, but there's nothing stopping you from running this just directly in code or on a server scenario could be you automate the export of an IC file or you receive an IC file, you automatically start running a list of patch recipes mm-hmm. to do something with the file. Right. And I think, you know, if, if you're savvy enough, or if, you know, if there's any companies <laughs> listening to this right now, I think they, they, they should look into that for the future. Mm-hmm. Um, having said that, I don't like the idea of that. I think we should all be a little more emboldened to really give feedback back to the client, uh, you know, the owner of the building, I guess, in the end, and also to the architects. They need to know that they're making mistakes or they're they're doing things suboptimally. I
0: understand that completely. That is the right uh, uh, way to do it. Uh, But I've seen here, BIM management tab at the top on uh, on Blender. You custom this view for uh, BIM management, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, so uh, I think that's something we we need to really improve with with Blender BIM, you know. And and the thing is, Dion and, and the other developers know, working really hard on functionality and all this sort of stuff. And and I think this stuff will come, but yeah, you can actually customize how everything looks and create different tabs, you know? So Mm -hmm. I have here basically two tabs. I have BIM management where I have on one panel, I have the object properties Uh And on one panel here, I have the scene or what I like to call the project properties, Uh and this kind of looks very similar to as you'd expect in something like, you know, Revit, or maybe even the site or Bexel manager, you know, you have kind of separate windows or containers Uh for specific functions. So this is what I like to have object properties and then my project properties Uh here, as Uh well as a a view of the the project browser. And then in scripting, scripting is what I use when I want to play around with some stuff or write some small scripts to. To, to automate some stuff or, or mm-hmm. even just check whether what I'm assuming is actually correct.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, I understand. Now, let me ask you something. You know, I'm already sure that we will not manage to cover everything I want to in this video. <laughs> is it possible to continue another session some other time in the future to make <laughs> a new talk? Because I will not, man- I have so many questions. You have no idea. And I'll try to <laughs> stick to the surface this time. But I have so many questions like just looking at your screen right now that you cannot Mm -hmm. even imagine. So now I will just leave you to go a bit uh, so generally and maybe in the future We can digress and uh, dive a bit deeper into some specific aspects if that if you will have time
1: definitely definitely it's it's an absolute honor talking with you pedro (laughs) thank you very much
0: i i'm learning a lot from this and i'm sure a lot of people will also learn i think this for me the most important thing from this is that i hope that more people will learn and to to start getting involved themselves in uh, osr uh, in the community yeah. to understand how beautiful this community is and that actually they can do something about that if that the only thing that they can do about that is to send a feedback or uh, make a comment yeah. or uh, like a post on linkedin or something like that you know everything yeah. adds up and it has a huge tremendous uh, effect on promoting this more and spreading this and uh, yeah, yeah because this is crucial. We okay. are, you see, you are using this at your org. I am in the process of learning to use it at my work dion is using it at work for him right so this is already Mm -hmm. useful yeah of course it's not very user friendly like you said we need to build more on that but you cannot build a user interface if you don't have some functionality right but uh, i absolutely agree it's very very important so i really appreciate you taking the time and showing me this around like i said i really hope that a lot of people will join the ranks because like this is really huge like a tool like this free open source you can just start using it like you don't need to pay I don't know how many thousands of euros just to have a license and to stress about it. No, you can yeah. just start using it.
1: Yeah, absolutely right. And uh, I'm not sure if you ever heard of the concept of the learning pyramid. Uh, no. Uh, let me. Uh, you can see my screen still, right? Yes, yes, uh, yes. yes okay so it's one thing i, I like to refer to and, and the thing that's really changed my life and it's this kind of difference between ag- passive and active learning so what i think of when i think of ozarch and open source it's this this area of active learning you know you have the ozarch forums where people are asking all sorts of questions and not just for Blender Vim, all sorts of uh, software yeah. then you have people you know taking the software and actually trying to, to, to use it themselves, right? And then starting to code, right? Because they can yeah. read the, the code base and then maybe make some some changes. And this is what I did, you know? Mm-hmm. And then the last part is the teach others aspect. And there's something really funky, something really cool that happens with, you know, on OzArch and on open source forums is that as soon as you ask a question, it's almost like there's a competition between other people to, to answer the question. Like it, it's, I it's know. really, it's really amazing. <laughs> and even better, like if you, it's actually a, kind of like a meme, you know. If you post a question, if you want the, the answer as soon as possible, you should log in into another account and post the wrong answer because you know, <laughs> there's nothing that you know pisses off all of the people <laughs> in the forum more than than seeing a wrong answer and then people would just quickly complete to, to fix it. You know?
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! This is uh, stay there for a second. Stay there for sure, a second. Sure. That
1: I never seen
0: this. I never heard about this. But I uh, I always felt that I was growing. Because if we think at what I am doing, it's discussion. Yeah. This is what I do all the time when I have these interviews. So I've been at fifty percent active learning since twenty twenty. Yeah. So that's that's really crazy. And now what you are doing is you are you are at the base of the pyramid right now, at the ninety percent. <laughs> you are teaching me you are teaching Actually, others about this i
1: think there's there's a 100 level and that is coding <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah but 90
0: yeah. percent still is not shabby but it's like... is it, yeah i mean but, I,
1: uh, I, I, yeah yeah go ahead i used to i used to think i i was you know good at ifc like i really understood it before i you know i came to vienna started looking in the ozarch community but only when i started trying to understand you know dion's code and Ben the bim and trying to understand ifc open shell the code did did my mind start like really absorbing you know what it really is and it's and you know when you start coding and you start I started trying to you know improve some things in the UI and maybe add some functionality it's like learning on steroids <laughs> it's it's really ridiculous yeah yeah
0: it's crazy and uh, just a last remark about that if you go back to the mm-hmm. picture it's a huge difference from reading or from watching a video to join the discussion from 20% you can jump to 50% yes, just yes, just if you are in this community and chatting or yeah. yeah just ask people around or even if you watch the discussions right but at the same time it helps more if you involve yourself but it's very interesting like this is really cool i i did not know about it but it looks very very interesting and it mm-hmm. it resonates a lot with actually what i was feeling Definitely. Because I was and feeling it, that I was learning at a very accelerated pace from all this, from picking the brains to all these amazing people I'm talking to. Yeah,
1: definitely. And I think you recently, you recently talked to Thomas Zwileiner on, or Zwileiner, sorry Thomas if you're listening to this, <laughs> uh, you know, the IFC doctor and, you know, he recently posted on LinkedIn and he mentioned that he was like the, the commenter of or the member of the month on the Building Smart Forums because he's constantly posting questions and starting <laughs> discussions. And, and there's a reason why he's so knowledgeable you know you you ask thomas about something ifc related and you're probably gonna get a bloody good answer back you know and and it's probably because he's so active in, in the discussion forums
0: yeah i did not even know about that uh, community so i will try to sneak a bit have a look at it as well because yeah. i didn't know about that until i saw his post but yeah that uh i learned uh, something new from that yeah